are listening to a podcast from The National. Operation Olive Branch is Turkey's ironically named military offensive into Afrin, a heavily Kurdish enclave of Syria. Turkey is calling it an anti-terror campaign targeting the Kurdish-led People's Protection Units, or the YPG. Ankara accuses the group of being an extension of the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or the PKK. The YPG are funded and backed by the US as part of the Syrian Democratic Forces, the SDF. We'll be using all these acronyms throughout, so there's also a guide in the description of the show. Turkey's anti-terrorist rhetoric is used to justify this campaign, similar to how the US invaded Iraq in 2003. The justifications are the same. The military offensive and the terms used are almost identical to how George W. Bush led what he called Operation Iraqi Freedom. That war was by all measures a failure. And like that war, Operation Olive Branch is an offensive very few believe will leave the invaded country in a better situation. This is Beyond the Headlines, I'm Nasal Wesmi, and this week we'll be focusing on Turkey's military intervention in Kurdish-dominant areas of Syria. We'll also delve into the history of the Kurdish ethnic minorities in Turkey, Iraq, Syria, and Iran. The Middle East should be used to Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's shifting political stances. His recent moves are bringing him further away from his former push for alignment with the European Union and more towards the East. The Turkish president views Syria as one of the most important parts of his political campaign. And the moves he makes today are likely to inform Turkey's influence in the Middle East for years to come. Karim Shaheen is in Turkey covering the offensive. Earlier this week, he analyzed the political consequences of the move and how it might shuffle political alliances in the Middle East. Karim, in your article, you say Turkey's military offensive into Syria has realigned the balance of power in the region. What do you mean by that exactly? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Turkey intervened uh, in the conflict uh, this time because, uh, you know, the U.S. said that it was training a border force uh, that includes uh, a, um, you know, a number of Kurdish militias uh, such as the YPG. Uh, So the YPG, the People's Protection Units, uh, is a force that has been backed by the U.S. throughout the conflict um, as a uh, as a primary ground force that is fighting ISIS. Uh, so the the but the problem is that Turkey sees the YPG as the um, uh, as the Syrian branch of the Kurdistan Workers Party or the PKK. Um, sorry for all the um, uh, you know initials, that but uh, the PKK has been uh, fighting a decades long insurgency against the, the Turkish state. So naturally, Turkey saw the, the increasing power increasing territory uh, that is under the control of the YPG as a national security threat. Uh, so the, 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 the thing that we're seeing right now in Syria is basically Turkey, the second largest army in NATO, uh, defying uh, the will of the United States, which is the largest army in NATO. And uh, these two countries have been, uh, you know, geopolitical allies for decades. Uh, and what we're seeing in Syria is that, uh, you know, they're falling out, uh, that relations uh, are at an all-time low, um, and uh, Turkey is slowly moving towards uh, Russia's orbit, towards Russia's point of view um, in the crisis in Syria. Uh, they're growing more accepting of the uh, of the President Bashar al-Assad staying in power in Syria. Uh, and so we're seeing this regional realignment uh, where Turkey is moving away from you know, the Western states like the U.S. that have been traditional allies uh, towards uh, Russia, uh, which uh, which obviously has uh, you know deep sea tensions with uh, with the rest of NATO and with the West in general. 
U.S.-Turkish relations are being undermined by this move. But what about its relations with uh, the others in the region? How does this move affect ties with Iraq, for example, or Syria? Well, you know, the the thing we're seeing right now is that Turkey has, uh, you know, Turkey, when when the war began, its uh, its primary uh, strategic interest was uh, to remove Assad from power, and that's why they backed, uh, you know, various different factions of the Syrian opposition. Um, and uh, what we're seeing right now is that Turkey has changed its mind, and its uh, and its primary and it sees the the Kurdish expansion as its primary strategic threat. Uh, now, this isn't entirely Turkey's fault. Obviously, the uh, you know the U.S. has um, the U.S.'s focus in Syria has been primarily on counterterrorism. Right, it's been trying to defeat ISIS uh, since 2014 when it formed uh, its coalition against Daesh. Uh, they've been uh, focused on uh, destroying ISIS and uh, removing them from towns and cities that they control in both Iraq and Syria. Uh, was you know Turkey had a different point of view. They they believed that the rise of these terrorist groups were was due to the violence that had been um, uh, you know uh, conducted against civilians in Syria. Uh, and so they you know from the very beginning the U.S. and Turkey had uh, very different um, uh, you know interests uh, in what was going on in Syria. Um, and uh, and that has that has sort of evolved and uh, and the gap has widened over time. Uh, so you know when uh, the, the signs of uh, Turkey's you know fo- primary focus on the Kurds uh, was uh, you know when uh, when the Kurdish um, when the Kurdish government in uh, in Iraq uh, announced the referendum for independence um, you know late last year uh, Turkey went and had talks with Iran which had been its rival in Syria uh, Turkey uh, had talks with Baghdad um, uh, you know in efforts to uh, to limit. Uh, the fallout from the Kurdish independence referendum, and very quickly, uh, you know, tried to uh, to limit those uh, those plans and uh, and those hopes, which which eventually succeeded. Um, so, you know, these uh, when Turkey sees uh, Kurdish expansionism as its primary threat in Turkey, um, you know, all of a sudden it opens up all these avenues for talks with uh, with various other regional powers uh, that you know Turkey saw as rivals in, in inside the Syria conflict itself. I mean, Turkey has uh, historically had issues with its Kurdish population um, at home. But, I mean, like you said, there was a, a push for uh, uh, the Kurdish uh, referendum last week in Iraq, or last year in Iraq. So, I mean, I'm just I'm just wondering, is there a reason for the timing that they're going in right now? Or, I mean, why now? Yeah, I mean, the, the why now is basically because the U.S. said it's going to create a border force um, uh, that is 30,000 uh, persons strong. Um, and that the YPG uh, is going to be a primary component of that force. Uh, so, you know, Turkey's relations with the U.S. have been going downhill for a while, but uh, this announcement was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, it was announced, uh, you know, just over a week ago, and um, and under a week later, um, Turkey had launched the offensive into uh, Zafrin, uh, the Kurdish enclave that, uh, that they launched the operation against. Uh, so it, it took less than a week for you know after that announcement uh, to be made for uh, for the military incursion to take place, and right now you know there are these um, you know the U.S. put out a statement yesterday saying that uh, you know the ur- they urge that the operation be limited in scope and uh, and you know the Turkey show restraint, and uh, President Erdogan um, you know in response said well you know you didn't have uh, a time scale when you went into Iraq or into Afghanistan and, and you're still there. Um, so you know, so you don't really, you don't really have the uh, uh, the moral high ground in order to lecture us on uh, on these military operations. Uh, what we're seeing right now is that 
you know, to avoid tensions with Turkey, the U.S. is saying that they understand that Turkey has legitimate concerns in protecting its border, uh, but that they also, uh, you know, don't want um, a, a protracted open conflict between uh, the military group that they were, uh, you know, protecting uh, with airstrikes and, uh, and directly arming in order to fight ISIS and uh, a NATO ally. Unconfirmed reports earlier today that the Turkish troops are actually going in to Syria. I mean, this is no small detail to overlook. Military offensives can can take different forms. There's a world of difference between funding rebels and actually deploying ground troops. Uh, the reaction can also be vastly different. So, I mean, what are we looking at here? What kind of military involvement do we have in Syria? Right. I mean, so the uh, the campaign into Afrin uh, includes both uh, Turkish ground troops, uh, Turkish uh, airstrikes and artillery shelling, as well as uh, forces from uh, the Syrian rebels that are, you know, under Ankara's uh, tutelage. Again, the ground incursion uh, on Sunday. Uh, and uh, and so Turkish troops did enter into Syria. Uh, and uh, in fact, they, uh, the, the Turkish general staff reported uh, last night that uh, you know, their first combat casualty, uh, which uh, took place just inside the Syrian border uh, south of the Turkish province of Kilis. Uh, so they have, they have gone in um, uh, on the ground and, uh, and you know, alongside uh, Syrian rebel forces, and, uh, and they're trying to, uh, to take back the district, um, you know, using ground troops and, uh, you know, with the backing of their air force. Um, now, obviously, it's, it's going to be a, a difficult campaign. Uh, that, that area is, uh, is mostly Kurdish. Um, it's also been controlled by the YPG and um, uh, and its factions, you know, since 2012, uh, when uh, when Assad uh, left the town. Uh, so it's it's going to be a long and grueling campaign, and um, uh, and it's it's not going to be easy because the province, I mean, Afrin overall as a district, which includes sort of the villages and towns around the city, includes about 600,000 civilians, um, and about you know, according to Turkey, around eight to ten thousand. YPG fighters. Uh, so, uh, so it's not it's definitely not going to be an easy campaign, and uh, it's going to take a lot of effort on Turkey's part to, um, uh, you know, to prevent civilian casualties. Uh, so far, we've seen um, uh, we've seen numbers, uh, you know, that range between uh, six and twenty uh, civilian casualties overall, uh, along with um, you know a number of uh, of combat deaths on, on either side that uh, that are still unconfirmed because it's obviously a war situation. Uh, so, so yeah, it's going to it's it's not going to be an easy campaign, and uh, and it's going to require quite a bit of uh, of effort on the ground in order to um, you know to displace the YPG from there if if that's the ultimate goal. Uh, and talking about the ultimate goal, I mean, what else do they have? What what else does Ankara have to gain from this operation? Um, so, from from Turkey's perspective, there are uh, there are multiple um, uh, goals there. So, the first uh, the first one is to create a thirty kilometer deep uh, safe zone uh, that will sort of put uh, the Turkish border towns away from the range of artillery and rocket fire uh, from Afrin uh, and um, and from other nearby regions. So, so the the initial goal is to create that safe zone as a buffer between the Turkish border and other areas in Syria. Um, now that that safe zone can also be used to house, you know, people who want to return to Syria from Turkey, uh, which we've seen happen in other places that, uh, um, you know, the Turkey uh, sort of controls through proxies uh, inside Syria. So this is the second military campaign that Turkey launches into Syria. They they launched one in the summer of 2016 called Euphrates Shield, uh, where they removed um, uh, ISIS from a number of uh, border towns uh, like Jarablus and uh, and Al Bab. 
Uh, and they've also uh, used that campaign to limit Kurdish expansionism, um, you know, towards uh, west of the Euphrates River. Uh, so what they're hoping to do is replicate that experience and to, after once, once they take over those, uh, you know, places in Afrin, they can have people come and settle there. They can uh, rebuild infrastructure. Um, they can, uh, they can help, uh, you know, uh, kind of provide electricity and, uh, and water services, um, and install, uh, you know, go- local governing councils to, to run the town essentially. Uh, so, so that's the aim. I mean, in terms of how they describe it, uh, they kind of couch it as a, as an anti-terrorism operation uh, that is, uh, you know, directed against the YPG and not against the Kurds in general. Um, and they simply want to uh, secure Turkey's borders um, and, uh, and re-establish democratic institutions and infrastructure in those areas. Thanks for your time, Karim. We'll go further beyond the headlines in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about The National's other podcasts. Business Extra goes deeper into the movers and shakers that make the Middle East such an important financial hub in the world. An Extra Time, from our esteemed sports desk, is the best place to chat about the English Premier League and more. Subscribe to both shows as well as this one on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. Or you can find us as always at thenational.ae. When looked at in a vacuum, the Turkish military offensive into Syria makes very little sense. Why does a tiny Kurdish city in Syria matter to Turkey? Although the Kurds in Syria are closely related to those in Turkey, they don't share the same relationship with their brethren across the borders in Iran and Iraq. To begin drawing the affiliations and why this military offensive is so important, I'm joined by Sofia Barbani, uh, an assistant foreign editor at The National, who's reported for years out of Iraq, Iraqi Kurdistan. She's also spent a lot of time uh, reporting in Kurdish Syria, and has written for the National on their issues before. Thanks for joining us. I mean, just to start off, why does it matter so much to Turkey that the, that they attack the Syrian city? I mean, what's the significance of this offensive? I think um, primarily this was a move um, on Ankara's behalf to uh, once again try and quash the um, the Kurds and Kurdish aspirations. So you need to look at the fact that the Syrian Kurdish militia, the YPG, are very closely linked to the PKK, which are the Turkish Kurdish militias. Um, so they work hand in hand. Um, when the Americans uh, a few days ago announced that they were hoping to form a border force that would be comprised of 30,000 Kurds, uh, this for, for Erdogan, for Turkey, was alarming because they were going to uh, you know, f- find themselves with a lot of Kurds on their doorstep, essentially. Um, so the significance of this, I think, is um, superficially, it's Erdogan showing his strength um, and trying to quash this, the, the, the Kurdish cause. You told me before the show that you traveled to Kurdish Syria twice a month. I want to know, what is the ultimate goal of the Kurdish Syrian? Kurdish Syria in 2012 became Rojava, which is a de facto state within a state. Um, The Kurds, um, a population that was greatly marginalized by Damascus for decades, uh, took the situation into their own hands, um, especially after they began uh, receiving support from the Americans and decided to push forward both politically um, and militarily. So the main uh, the main aim, as far as the um, prime political parties claim, is not to create an independent state. They don't want to be independent 
of Syria. Uh, they want to have a semi-autonomous state within Syria. Now, whether that's true or not, it's difficult to tell. When we talk about Kurds, it's a bit difficult to bunch them up uh, as one peoples. But there's because there's some real political differences between the Kurds in Syria and those in Iraq or those in Iran. I mean, how do the Kurds view each other? I think, as uh, as is usually the case, it's um, it's a power struggle. It's a, it's a case of a power struggle. So you have very uh, strong leaders on uh, on all three sides uh, in Turkey, in Syria, and Iraq, um, in Iran as well. But there are less Kurds uh, in Iran than there are in the other countries. Uh, so there's a lot of um, there's a yeah there's a power struggle uh, between, for example, the PKK leader Ocalan. Abdullah Ocalan and um, the Iraqi Kurdish leader, um, President or former President Barzani. Socially, they're very different people as well. And to me, that's the more interesting side of it, actually, in terms of, of who are the Kurds uh, as, as, um, as citizens of Kurdistan. So in Syria, you have a far more open society. Women are um, much more uh, present in the public sphere. In Iraqi Kurdistan, they follow a far more conservative um, social structure. Um, and that really, to me, at least what I've seen, makes a huge difference between uh, the two sides. 2017, we saw Iraqi Kurds make a real push for uh, to secede from Iraq. Do all Kurds ultimately want their own state? Is that the end goal? That's a great question. Um the Kurdish dream once upon a time was Greater Kurdistan. Greater Kurdistan would have uh, involved Iran, Syria, Turkey, and Iraq. That, in my opinion, will never happen. Um, the Kurds, like we just said, are just too different amongst themselves to ever be able to see eye to eye and unite and create a greater Kurdistan. However, there is definitely a want for independence from their own respective governments. Iranian Kurds from Tehran, uh, and as we saw, obviously, Iraqi Kurdistan from Baghdad. Um, certainly in Turkey, there's always been a very strong push for independence, for separatism, even an even violent push. Um, and uh, like I said earlier, in Syria, um, there is a, there has been a push for independence, but um, according to Syrian Kurdish parties, it's not necessarily fully-fledged independence, but more of a state within a greater Syria. The connection, the relationship between the YPG, the Syrian Kurds, and the PKK, the Turkish Kurds, that's one that's pretty deep, whereas the relationship between the Kurds in Syria and Iraq is not. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about the Turkish and Syrian Kurds relationship? I think uh, primarily in terms of uh, geography. I mean, we're looking at two uh, two Kurdish areas that are essentially that that border each other. So there's just a, a an easier way for for people to travel in and out of of the two countries. Uh, in terms of ideology. Uh, Abdullah Ocalan's teachings have really, really um, penetrated into Syrian Kurdistan. And they have been taught, um, they are now being taught in schools, children. Um, I mean, 
I have seen children with with school textbooks with photos of um, you know what they call their their martyrs and and people who have died for Ojalan's cause for the socialist cause. Um, so there is a very strong link, even when you go through Rojava, you travel through Syrian Kurdistan, um, you see photographs of Ocalan mm. and of the PKK all over mm. the, the, the state. Turkey's going into Syria to kind of snuff out the YPG, who are uh, part of the SDF, who are U.S.-backed. The PKK is a U.S.-recognized terrorist organization, but the YPG and the PKK are quite connected. And some might even say that the reason why Turkey is going in, despite, you know, they're trying to code it with this anti-terrorist rhetoric, is because they want to address long-time gripes with the PKK and the YPG. How does Washington respond to this this political web of uh, a military offensive? I feel like Washington, as it has so often done, has chosen the lesser of two evils. Um, Yes, the PKK is considered a terrorist organization by the U.S., but not the YPG. And in terms of the two groups, officially, they are not the same thing. So really, for the Americans to say we support the YPG but not the PKK... On paper, it makes sense because they are not the same group. Um, So there are loopholes that they kind of navigate in order to make this a legitimate uh, backing. But, uh, I mean, they're not really fooling anyone. The YPG is the PKK and vice versa. So the Americans are essentially backing a militia that is considered a terrorist organization. Is this, in your opinion a quick military offensive with airstrikes in and out, a clean deal, or do you see this going on for many months, maybe even years to come? I mean, one cannot never tell with this. Kobani went on for so long and people thought it wasn't going to last long. And a lot of Kurds are seeing Afrin as a repeat of Kobani. Of course, it doesn't involve ISIL like Kobani did. Um, but in terms of Afrin specifically, Well, if you hear out what Erdogan has been saying, it's going to be a quick military operation. It could be. In terms of of the greater picture, it's it's never going to be quick. I mean, the the Turkish-Kurdish conflict is ongoing, and we're likely to not see the end of it, at least not in our lifetime, unfortunately. Thanks for joining us, Sophia. Thank you. I'd like to thank my guests Karim Shaheen and Sofia Barbarani for joining the show. I'd also like to thank my producer, Kevin Jeffers. You can find this and all the other national podcasts such as Extra Time and Business Extra on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. I've been your host, Nasr al Thank you for listening and goodbye.